Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. So I live in Northern Europe. My country is cold and covered by a large forest and several lakes. My family consists of my mother, father, and an older brother who is three years older than me. He's really important to this story too. It's also important to know that my parents' house is in the middle of nowhere, just forest around it pretty much. There aren't even any proper roads or streetlights. The nearest neighbor lives really far away as well. And in my country, winter comes early and lasts longer than summer, so the days are dark almost all year round. My father is a fireman and my mother is a nurse, so they've always been on night shifts. They've left me and my brother home alone since we were pretty much just toddlers. And I don't even know if it's legal to leave us alone at that age, but my brother has always been good at taking care of me, so we've always managed. Anyway, this particular evening was close to Christmas. Both of us were on winter break, but my brother still went to ice hockey practice. He was really tired that night after practice and my father and mother had gone to work at night and left us alone, as they always did. I was 8 at the time and my brother was 11. We often slept next to each other downstairs in our parents' bed but I decided to be a big girl that night and sleep in my own bed upstairs. I really just wanted to play my Nintendo if I'm being honest and I knew my brother wouldn't let me. But my brother was so tired after training and he just wanted to go to sleep so... But we ate, brushed our teeth, and went to our rooms upstairs. My room faced the forest, and his room faced the only dirt road. There's a hall and a toilet between our rooms. My brother must have fallen asleep right away as well, but I played and played, and I played for so long that I must have lost track of time. I was under my covers in case my brother ever came in to scold me, and it was around this time that I started to hear something outside. However, I didn't pay much attention to it at first. I've lived all my life in the middle of the forest, and you can hear really weird things out there all the time. But the small noises, they changed in a second. Someone started shouting, almost screaming. It sounded like a grown man who was wounded. I lifted my head from under the covers, startled, and listened for a moment. 
I called out my brother's name, but he didn't answer. I got up from my bed and ran to my brother's room. He was sleeping soundly, and I started to rock him awake. At the same time, I saw from his alarm clock that it was two in the morning. My brother woke up confused. Do you hear that? I asked in a whisper. My brother's eyes widened, and all sleep vanished from his eyes quickly. He sprang up. He didn't say anything. He walked towards my room. The shouting came from somewhere in the forest. We stood together in my room and stared out into the darkness. I think someone needs help, I said quietly, but my brother's expression didn't change. His face was like stone. No, no one needs the help of two kids. Besides, if he needed help, he would be screaming for help. My brother turned around. He was right. I heard no words, just a, a screaming. My brother walked downstairs and I ran after him. Our house has three doors. He tried each of them to make sure that they were locked. He took our father's headlamp because it had the strongest light. Then he picked up the house phone. It was 2010, so not all the kids had their own phones at that time. He made sure all the things were off and he took my hand. He started to lead us back upstairs, but then he stopped. The shouting had changed. It no longer sounded scared or needy for help or anything. It sounded irritated, almost angry, like it was annoyed that we didn't come out looking for it. My brother squeezed my hand and pulled me upstairs. He stared at my room for a moment before he pulled me into his room with him. He closed the door and sat behind his bed, pulling me into his arms. It was dark everywhere. My brother hadn't turned on the headlamp, but he had the authorities ready on phone. Our country's emergency number is 112. We sat there in silence. The sound had come closer until it was clearly behind the window of my room. My brother stroked my head to calm me down, but it didn't help. I was terrified. The sound seemed to be coming closer and closer. It seemed to have climbed the fire escape under my window and was now traveling along the rain gutters towards my brother's window. Then it became quiet. It stopped screaming, but we could hear it clinging to the rain gutters to get closer to us, it seemed. Then it was too quiet. My brother turned on the headlamp and pointed the light towards the window. Nothing. He turned off the light and waited a moment. Then he pointed the light at the window again. Nothing. He turned it off and waited. He pointed the light at the window again and nothing. Turned it off again. And then there was a huge crash, as if a big pile of snow had dropped off the roof down to the terrace below. My brother flashed the light into the window, and there was something on it. The kind of trace that it was left when you sort of breathed too close to the glass in cold weather. There was a trace of mist on it. My brother immediately turned off the light. Whatever it was, it had fallen down because my brother's window has nothing to hold onto it. We started hearing moaning, and... It sounded sort of human. I don't know. It didn't sound right. It sounded more like a bear almost. If you've ever heard the sound that a bear makes when it gets shot, then that's sort of what it sounded like. But it had a touch of a, a man's voice. Then the voice became angry again and it threw a full tantrum. It started hitting the wall of the house. I squeezed my eyes shut and pressed my head against my brother's shirt. It raged for a while too, but started to whine and moan again. It no longer sounded human at all, and I can't describe what it was like, but 
whatever it was, it didn't sound natural, I guess you could say. My brother dropped the headlamp on the floor and hugged me tightly. We listened to the sound for quite a long time, too. I don't remember at what time I fell asleep, but eventually I must have, because the next thing that I remember is waking up in the morning. The beautiful morning sun reflected against the white snow, and I was laying on my brother's bed, and he was sitting next to me reading comics. He smiled. Had I been dreaming? I didn't have time to say anything when we heard the lock on the front door open. It was nine o'clock. Dad had come home. My brother cheerfully jumped out of bed and ran to greet Dad downstairs. Maybe I had just had a nightmare and went to sleep next to my brother or something. It doesn't sound impossible, especially since my brother didn't mention it in the morning. So I convinced myself that I'd really just had a nightmare that felt real. I believed for so many years too, but that all changed. My brother came to visit me yesterday, and nowadays I live in the capital of my country, far from my mother and father, because I go to university now. My brother broke up with his long-term girlfriend, and I promised that he could bunk in my place as long as he needed. And we had a lot of fun, just like the old times. We drank some wine and watched a movie and just talked about everything. Then he started talking about a little deeper things, which usually happens after drinking some wine, right? I turned to look at my window. Winter was coming and it was already dark. And it brought back childhood memories. And I told him about the dream that I had when I was little, while looking at the street lamps outside. You know, this darkness reminds me of when I had a nightmare as a kid. I had this weird dream that someone screamed behind my window and I hid in your room with you and... Wasn't I just weird? I laughed and turned to look at my brother. My brother is now 23 and he's huge. He's into bodybuilding and all that stuff and has a blonde beard. He honestly looks a bit like a Viking and I've never seen a look on him like that as an adult. See, he looked at me with huge eyes and he went completely pale like he had seen a ghost. I freaked out a little bit and asked what repeatedly. You remember that? He asked. It got quiet. What do you mean? Wasn't it a dream? I was so confused. My brother looked really startled, as if I had just digged up a memory from his own mind that he wanted to forget. Answer me. I thought that I had a nightmare. I was startled too. My brother shook his head. I thought that you wouldn't remember that. You were so little. I honestly hoped you would forget. My brother looked at me blankly and then... He told me his side of the story. He told me how I had fallen asleep in his arms from exhaustion. He pushed me to his bed but didn't fall asleep himself. He sat by my side all night like a guard dog. The morning had begun to dawn and the sound began to fade until it just disappeared. My brother couldn't fall asleep and he decided to start reading comics to pass the time. In the morning, when father had come home, my brother had gone out to look for tracks, but since it had snowed all night and morning, all the tracks were covered. And for the next week, my brother visited my room several times at night to make sure that I was sleeping safely. We started talking more about what happened. Neither of us ever mentioned what happened to anyone. I asked him why he didn't call 112, and he just shook his head. Who would have believed me? He was right. It would have sounded like a, a prank invented by little boys. 
My brother also said that he was annoyed that he didn't flash the light to the window sooner. He would have wanted to see whatever this thing was and what it looked like. I was just happy that I didn't see anything. I'm also happy to know that I'm not crazy and it wasn't a dream. I actually have a witness. My brother experienced whatever this was too and he remembers it better than I do. No one else has to believe me and no one else well, would believe me to be honest, I know that. Of course it's also possible that somehow we created the whole thing in our heads, I admit that. We have no physical evidence after all of what happened and it happened years ago. It's very possible that we were just kids with an overactive imagination. I'm certainly not denying that possibility. However, I don't think that that was the case. And I'm interested to know if anyone else has experienced something similar. And if you have, did you see it? Whatever that thing was. And if you did, what did it look like? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So I believe that this was April of 2018. I had gone to Colorado for a concert and was just driving around checking everything out before and after. The day before the concert, I'm driving through the Rockies because I thought that it would be cool, I guess. It was already probably 9pm at this point. I get to a gas station and there's an old lady with a giant suitcase. I went inside, bought a pack of swishes, got gas and... As I was leaving, she asked me for a ride. Being young and stupid, I said, sure, hop in, ma'am. Then she had me get her giant suitcase in my back seat, and we were off. The ride started off pretty normal at first. Just talked about life, really. She did most of the talking, mostly about her kids and family. She claimed that she was hitchhiking to Alaska for some insane reason that I can't remember. And anyways... I had a joint that I decided to just give her and let her smoke while we were driving. Not sure why. Maybe to get her to shut up a little bit. I don't know, but... Eventually she asks if I want to try her weed, but keeps mentioning how it tastes funny. Which was a real red flag, obviously, so I politely declined. Then she started getting weird. Talking about homeless camps where people smoke meth. Then I actually got a good look at her and... Realized she was probably like a 40-year-old tweaker and not as old as I thought that she was. Also, I think that I saw an Adam's apple and that it could have been a, a dude, but yeah, anyway. 
she starts pointing at the rest stop signs or whatever, which were like 100 plus miles out, and was trying to convince me to go to one with her, and kept saying, I don't have any money, but some people will have you suck there, and you get the drift, if you give them a ride. And at this point, I'm actually driving like a maniac in the middle of a pretty bad snowstorm at the time, in hopes that I'm more visible and noticeable to people if anything were to happen. I was honestly pretty terrified and really regretted picking her up, so I politely refused all of her sexual and drug-related advances, and finally we get to a town on the opposite side of the Rockies from Denver. I pull up to a gas station and say, okay, I gotta go to Denver and get some sleep, I'm dropping you off here, and all she said was, you're a very smart young man, and I helped her unload the suitcase and left thanking God that I was still breathing. If any of my actions are questioned, this was at a time in my life when I was particularly lost and not in a good mental state at all. I definitely shouldn't have been roaming Colorado by myself. Smaller guy, no weapon aside from a knife. To be honest, I'm incredibly lucky and I do know that. In 2017, I went to a friend's birthday party. It was their 40th, so it was a pretty big deal. I had recently lost my job and I was struggling with my mental health, but I had a very supportive husband and a good family life. And it was a private party, so what could go wrong, right? My husband was supposed to go with me, but our childcare arrangements fell through at the last moment. I didn't want to go without my husband, but he felt that I needed a night out with some friends, and the birthday girl kept asking if I was coming, so in the end I went. It was a, a private party, like I said, and everyone there had been invited by the birthday girl. There was a half a dozen people I knew really well. Everyone else was a stranger, but I assumed that the birthday girl had good judgment and everyone present was okay. We were all having a great time laughing and dancing, and at one point I stepped outside to cool down and smoke a cigarette. A fellow partygoer, a male, joined me. We talked about the birthday girl, how we knew her, and we talked about football, and it turned out that we were from the same city, even supported the same team. We returned to the party, and he asked if I wanted a drink. I said no, and I raised my glass to show him that I already had one. I then put my drink down and went to dance with the birthday girl. When I returned from the dance floor, I took a big gulp from my drink, and after that, it gets all hazy. But the rest of this story is pieced together from various sources and photos. There's a photo of the male party guest, and me with the venue's door staff. I'm sort of smiling at the camera with my arm around the security man, and this guy next to me, kissing my cheek. I really don't remember this. There's a photo of me and this guy. I'm leaning against him with my eyes closed. I don't remember this. And I woke up the next morning at home on the sofa. My husband was initially furious about the state that I came home in, but he didn't know how bad it could have been. You see, apparently several friends saw this guy trying to guide me into a waiting car and stopped him. When they challenged him, he said that I had agreed to leave with him, but I was incoherent at this point. I have no recollection of this, by the way. A female friend, Anne, took me home. And while I don't remember this, I know that my friend saved me from something horrible that night. Once my husband knew what happened, he was very quick to be supportive and concerned. 
and told my husband about how quickly my behavior had changed and how quickly I had become uncoordinated and incoherent. This all took place like five years ago. I saw the birthday girl recently and she told me that this guy is currently in prison for assaulting his girlfriend in 2020. Please remember guys, always be careful with your drink when you're out. Never leave it unattended. Watch out for your friends and make sure that they're watching out for you too. So I'm sharing this to mostly try and find some sort of community or answers to this. I'm in Moorhead, Kentucky and have been experiencing unexplainable things while I've been hiking around Eagle Lake or near Cave Run. I'm not a superstitious person and I like to think of myself as very rational when it comes to things like animals in our region and whatnot. But here's what happens. So, it will sound as if something is approaching, coming much closer than any animal should really, and when noticed, like I react or stomp my feet, etc., it stops. Then, an unrelenting dread and overwhelming anxiety falls over me, and I just can't shake it. I know that I have to leave at this point. Each time, as I've started to leave, whatever it is has charged quickly, coming much closer and essentially chasing me from where I've been. I refused to return to Eagle Lake after I experienced it the first time and chose to go to a pretty popular area near Cave Run. The same exact thing has happened more than once as well and I've not been able to shake the feeling. I've definitely been the only one in the area too in both occasions and there have been no animals near, definitely not ones large enough to make the sounds that I've heard. My girlfriend has been with me on each occasion and has heard and felt the same as me as well so I know it's not just me but if anyone has seen, felt, or heard anything like this, then please do let me know because this one has me freaked out. So before I begin, this encounter happened about 10 years ago. I was 22 years old and I'm well aware that this was a very poor judgment call on my part. So... My parents always taught me to help someone in need, just not necessarily to the extent that I allowed. Up until this point, I didn't have much of a reason not to trust people may not always have good intentions. I've also had an unreasonably difficult time saying no to people my whole life, and have since had the help of a therapist to be better about it. I've only told this story to a handful of people because I truly am ashamed of my actions and potentially putting my daughter's life in danger. But... Here it goes. I was on my way to an event of some kind with my three-year-old daughter when I realized that I had left something behind in my apartment. I was close enough to home that I decided to turn around and head home. As I was pulling into the parking lot of my apartment complex, a woman was walking kind of in the middle of the driving area and began waving me down. I pulled up next to the woman and rolled down my window about a third of the way. She gave me this story of how she works at the nearby nursing home and she had run out of gas on her way to the gas station and was asking for directions to the gas station. I didn't think much of the fact that she was roaming around in my apartment complex because it was pretty common for people to cut through it as it sat between two main roads and it avoids traffic lights. So I gave her directions for a five minute walk to the gas station but she mentioned that she was pregnant and she wasn't feeling well. I tried telling her that I was in a hurry and assured her that it was a very quick walk, but 
she practically begged me. At this time, she noticed my daughter was in the backseat too, and she had a look of surprise that I didn't think much of it at the time, and she began talking to my daughter and made her laugh. She turned back to me and asked one last time if I could just drive her to the gas station, and at this point, I just gave in. I let her in my car, and she almost immediately asks if I have any money that she can use. My heart sank at this point, realizing that she was probably lying and just wanted to lie her way into some cash. I was honest with her and told her that I was broke and also didn't carry cash on me. She pointed out another resident in the complex and asked me to drive her to them. In my mind, there was still a slight possibility that she needed gas but didn't have the funds for it. So I drove her to the other person and she rolled down my window asking for money. They said no and she pointed out another person. And at this point I told her that I really had to be somewhere and couldn't keep helping her. I drove her to the other person but far enough that she would have to get out of the car to talk with them. Which thankfully she did. Once she got out of the car I sped off and I drove to my destination. I told my mother about this story and a week later she sent me a clip from the local news. The news mentioned a woman would approach people asking for a simple favor which led to her asking them for money and if these people said no she apparently pulled out a syringe or a needle of some kind and would threaten to stab them with it and did end up stabbing them on one occasion. I look at the image of the person and instantly recognize this as the woman that was in my car that day. I know these types of people don't have much of a, a conscience, but I truly believe that the fact that my daughter was in the car that day is what kept that woman from stabbing me with who knows what was on or in that needle. So I thought that I would share something interesting that happened to me about 15 years ago. I know most people won't believe me, but for what it's worth, I can assure you that everything that I tell you is 100% true and how it happened to the best of my memory. However, names have obviously been changed. I was about 18 and I was hanging out at my friend Joanne's house with some other school friends. I can't quite remember how we got into the subject, but towards the end of the evening, Joanne thought that it would be fun to perform a seance. Joanne's and her family were from Cape Town, South Africa, had a deep-rooted interest in the spiritual, or at least that's what Joanne made out to us. So with the lights off and candles lit, we all sat around a table with cards fanned out around the edge. Each card had a letter of the alphabet arranged A to Z and a shot glass placed in the middle. Joanne starts speaking out to the spirits in Afrikaans. I remember pulling a face and rolling my eyes. It was too dark for anyone to take offense. I was an insufferable, enlightened, atheist, teen dork. You know the type. Cringy 4chan edgelord who thinks any form of spirituality or religion is beneath me and my superior intellect. I never wore a fedora, but I was pretty close. However, what was about to happen made me question everything. It started mundane enough. A few questions were asked and the shot glass we were resting our fingers on started to move to and fro until eventually one of my friends asked the spirit if they were associated with anyone in the room. The shot glass moved directly towards me. Incredulous, I asked the spirit if you're associated with me then what's my mother's maiden name? My eyes fixated on the letters that spelled out her maiden name, Jones, but the glass started spelling out something different. First, the glass went to T, then H, then O. 
I thought then that it was all just made up as it was completely wrong. But then I was struck by a horrific realization. When my mum was six months old, her biological father died of a heart attack and a year after that, she took her stepfather's name. I completely forgot this in the moment as I was expecting the glass to read out the maiden name that she had for the majority of her life, but it was actually spelling out her original maiden name of Thompson. It was a fact so trivial that I barely remembered it myself. In fact, it was something really never talked about, even within my family, as it happened so long ago. It would be really hard to believe that any of my friends would know this esoteric piece of my family's history that occurred 20 years before I was even born, but nonetheless, somehow it was being spelled out in front of my very eyes. Thompson. Mind you, my school friends and I wouldn't talk about anything deeper than video games and girls at this age. Yet, there's no way that I ever mentioned this to any of them. It's not like any of my pot-smoking loser friends had a copy of my mum's birth certificate and none of them had ever met anyone else in my family. What I'm getting at is there was just literally no way anyone could have known this. But before I could contemplate this for too long or ask any other questions to my ghostly associate, Joanne's mum came into the room and turned the light on and with a thick South African accent shouts something like, Joanne, stop messing around with this stuff and put a definitive stop to the proceedings. Of course, at the time, I played it off as a prank, but the more I think about it, the more my mind wonders. Did something actually paranormal happen that night? I know it's nothing dramatic or over the top. I didn't see an apparition or a cryptid, but unlike 90% of the other stuff that I read, this experience is actually true and something to this day that I just cannot explain. I would really love to hear your thoughts, and if you have, I don't know... Any idea as to what happened that night? When I was a kid, around six or seven, we were on a vacation at South Padre Island. It was on the Port Isabel side. We stopped at a Dollar General located at a strip mall for snacks and beach toys. I remember going through the corner of the shops towards the back. It was only maybe a few seconds, 30 seconds to a minute tops just sort of wandered off while my family loaded up bags of snacks and drinks and I distinctively remember that it was a brown colored van with sliding doors. The van pulls up in front of me and opens the sliding door. I remember at least three figures, two of them men, one driving, one opens the sliding door. In English, well, my family is Spanish speaking but I spoke English at the time already. One of them, I can't remember which one, said something along the lines of Hey kid, your mama's looking for you. We can take you to her. Come on, we're going to take you to your family. They're looking for you. A tiny bit of me was like, oh, maybe my mom is looking for me because she was always super extra and would freak out if I wasn't around her. And for a minute, I believed that she might indeed be looking for me. But then I put two and two together. My mom doesn't even speak English and these guys came by super quick. I've only been gone for about maybe a minute they came the wrong way from where my family is. A creepy van and all that and yeah, these guys want to kidnap me. So I turned and I quickly ran back to my family. And after that, I never saw the brown van again. And I know it sounds weird, but I never spoke a word about this up until, well, this moment. If there is a lesson in this, I guess it's to keep your loved ones close, especially if they're young. Always keep them around you and 
This all took place in maybe a window of one minute, so it can happen quickly. Be careful out there. So last night I was outside at around 9.30pm digging up some mushrooms that I didn't know much about so that the wild rabbits in the area wouldn't eat them since they were near where we threw some food scraps. I didn't have a flashlight or anything because the streetlights were just bright enough that I could make out what I was doing. I looked up because I heard a noise and right now I don't even remember what the noise was but all I know is that my eyes made out what looked like a really terrible flip note studio animation of a stick figure with no head it just went up in a straight line and ended and it was booking it across my street it looked like height wise it was exactly half of the height of the closest street lamp which was mounted to a standard electric pole and you know when you're staring at a bright light source for a while and then when you look away or blink, you sort of see the outline of that kind of light or imprinted on your eyes or whatever it is for a bit. Like, whatever shape the light was is dark and then it has a sort of fuzzy grey haze around it. Well, this is exactly what this stupid stick thing looked like. Dark with the hazy grey outline, except it was moving. It was over so fast and I even blinked a few times to try and see it again because... I genuinely thought that it was just that effect in my eyes, but I hadn't been using any flashlights and the streetlight has a, a round cloudy cover around the bulb, so I couldn't have seen the light bulb itself in any way. I'm still not incredibly sure that this wasn't my eyes playing tricks on me. In fact, I'm really only like maybe 60% sure that it was real, but I was sharing this because I want to see if anybody else has seen something similar. At least in the moment, it was really scary to me and I was completely convinced that I'd seen it, that I literally started crying back inside. I'm possibly being overdramatic, I know. I just have no explanation for what this was and to be honest, I really do think that I saw something that night. So my brother was telling me a story about our sister and how one time he had been crying in the bathtub when he heard footsteps and our sister came into the bathroom with him. She walked in with her head down and then put both hands on the bathroom vanity and just looked into the mirror and asked him why he was crying, never looking at him and just staring into the mirror. He climbed out of the bathtub and he went into his room and he never really thought about it again until he went to lunch with my sister and he asked her if she remembered that day and explained why he was in the bathtub crying. After he finished the story, my sister was extremely puzzled and said that she doesn't remember it at all. He was about six years old at the time, which made my sister at the time 12, so for him to remember it so clearly and her not to remember it was really weird to him and after he shared the story with me, it brought up a weird memory with her as well. In the same house that this happened to him, there had always been weird things about it. Things being moved in front of me and weird feelings really, but this almost shared experience took the cake. So, I lived in the back room of the upstairs in our house and along with the hallway were three other bedrooms, but the room in the front of our stairway was my two younger sisters' bedroom. I was painting in my room because the upstairs was finally quiet with everybody else playing outside when all of a sudden I hear someone running up the stairs, so I went to see who it was. 
When I opened the door and saw my older sister run into our younger sister's bedroom, but she was wearing my favorite shirt. I immediately got upset and went into the room to yell at her, but as soon as I yelled her name, nobody was there. I called her name again and told her that it wasn't funny and I wanted to take off my shirt. I looked under the beds, the closet, I ripped off the covers, but still nobody was there. Feeling uneasy, I went downstairs to see everyone and my mum was the only one in the kitchen and I asked her where my older sister was only to find out that she was down the street at my friend's house and had been gone for the last few hours. When my brother and I shared these stories, we were both immediately creeped out by the fact that we had both seen the same sister in completely different situations, but she was actually not there at all. We both felt the house was off a bit, but hadn't thought much about it until these scenarios happened to come out at a seemingly random time. As for our other siblings, well, we're not really sure if any of them had seen or heard anything either, as we're all a bit estranged and it'd be weird to just hit everyone up and ask if our old house was haunted. Another unusual thing is, although we're both 20 plus now and have moved several times to different states, when we both dream of a house in our dreams, it's always in that house. Sometimes the features of the home are slightly changed, but... As we move through the dream, we're able to identify it's the same house that we grew up in as kids. I've heard various paranormal reasonings as to how we could have seen her and when it wasn't her and all that, but never anything that felt, I don't know, concrete I guess you could say. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.